morning and welcome back to the Novelty Podcast. I'm Sadie. And I'm Mar. And this is a podcast where we are reading books so you do not have to. Come on. And it is a good morning. We're actually recording on a morning instead of a nighttime. I know. So I feel like we have a little bit more, um, I don't know, enthusiasm. Energy. We're awake. Although, if you listen to our last episode, we sounded like insane people. <laughs> we were we were so hyper. Um, my husband, who edits the podcast, was like, you guys were slap happy when you recorded that. I was like, I know, I know. It was a little late. Yes, yeah. But this episode of the podcast, we are talking about a book called Malibu Rising. Um, we found this book because we had read one, the author is uh, Taylor Jenkins Reid, we had read one of her other books, her really famous book called Evelyn, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. We read it in a book club. It was so good. So good. We really liked it. And this book has been talked about for a while. It's definitely, it's like a not, it's not a hot take. It's a, everyone knows about this book, but I had never gotten around to read it. You'd never read it. So we were just like, let's start talking about this book. So this is, it's not a follow-up book by any means. It's a completely different set of characters, new storyline. But we did realize when we were reading it, It's kind of one of those books that it's all within the same world. So she even does a little mention to Celia St. James in this book, who is a character from the Evelyn Hugo book. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really good. But basically, I'm going to read just a little excerpt of what this book is about. So it says, August 1983. It's the day of Nina Rivas. Rivas? We decided Riva. I think we said Riva. Riva. Riva, okay. Like a river. Sorry. <laughs> it's the day of Nina R- Riva's <laughs> annual end of summer party. The anticipation is at a fever pitch. Everyone wants to be around the famous Rivas. Nina, the talented surfer and supermodel, brothers Jay and Hud, one a championship surfer and the other a renowned photographer, and their adorable baby sister Kit. Which also pause. She's not a baby. She is eighteen or nineteen. Like she's twenty. She's twenty. Okay, so they're like baby sis adorable. <laughs> but she's the young one. Oh, like she's not five. Yeah, so I know. just to be clear, <laughs> set that up for you. Together, the siblings are a source of fascination in Malibu and the world all over, especially as the offspring of the legendary singer Mick Riva. Mm. By midnight, the party will be completely out of control. By morning, the Riva mansion will have gone up in flames. But before that first spark in the early hours before dawn, the alcohol will flow, the music will play, and the loves and secrets that shape this family's generation will all come rising to the surface. So that's hence why it's called Malibu Rising, because Mm -hmm. this thing is going to go up in flames. In flames. (laughs) in place and actually something we looked into because the book starts off with all the different points in time that malibu has caught fire yeah it's a lot it's a dry place yeah it's a dry place and it's real like those are you looked it up that's real yeah i looked it up and it said in the past 90 years there have been 30 locations of that have caught on fire in malibu which is crazy honestly because um joel my husband he loves malibu when Mm. we lived in arizona he would go with his family he loves it. It's so beautiful. I've never so gorgeous. Been there. I know. I haven't either. And so, but he was saying how beautiful it is. Amazing. Wow. I can't believe it's a place that has caught fire so many times. Yeah. Girl's trip. It's still so gorgeous. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what this book is about. And it, how does it start off? It introduces us to a cast of characters. Yeah. So it introduces us to these characters, which we find out are siblings. So you have Nina, who is the oldest. She happens to be this surfer. And also, more so, she is a model. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how she makes her living. She's in magazines, as, a, as is known as just like the face of women surfing, basically. Yep. Even though it's not necessarily her passion, um, it's just something that she likes to do. Um, and so, and by passion, I mean the supermodeling part. Right. She loves to surf, but yeah. not the pictures. Exactly. It introduced us to her um, baby brother, Jay, who actually is a professional surfer, spent his whole life, you know, trying to become the best. It moves on to HUD, who is a brother of theirs, who we later find out is kind of like a half brother. And then they also have their sister, Kit, who is the youngest of all, who kind of spends her time trying to prove herself to people, I kind of think. So it kind of goes into these four characters and kind of the lives that they they have and then the book is kind of broken up into showing present day of their life but then also back to when you get to meet their mother june and then their father mick riva who is like mentioned before he's this famous singer and you kind of get to see how he becomes famous the love story um slash horror story of, <laughs> of their mother and father's relationship and just kind of how they even got to be where they are mm-hmm. so yeah so it's the four siblings they're all super super close 
the oldest Nina is twenty six. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. So these are still very young people. Yeah, young like adults. They're, they're young adults. They're all living though on their own. So their parents are not in the picture. That's when this starts out, and then it will flash back. Um, to the 1950s where you meet Mick Riva and June Costas was her name at the time. So June was basically the daughter of these two people that owned a – it was like a fishing restaurant. It, it was, was a like seafood place. Seafood place, yeah. And it was just like a local off the PHC where you could go, grab a bite after mm-hmm. you were surfing and all that. So she has grown up her whole life, like June has, around um, the ocean, the water, the sea. She's kind of grown up there. And she kind of was always a big dreamer. Like, she had plans for her future. She wanted to get out of that area. She wanted to stop working for her parents. She wanted to move on from working at this seafood place. And so she was kind of in that state when she met Mick. Um, So June was 17, actually, which is just – it's crazy. That's Mm -hmm. so young. We were just talking about that, but – um, so she met Mick and she was at the beach and she's like in this little swimsuit and she was feeling herself. She's like, that I her look mother cute. did not know yeah, about. Her mother did not know about, but she's like, I feel cute. I yeah. love this. And she, Mick notices her, comes over, talks to her, starts chatting her up. That's how they meet. He takes her on a date and kind of they, he starts really, he is charming. He is handsome. Mm. He is very charismatic. He's good at the the banter and the chat and he's just like a very like sweeps you off your feet kind of individual and so she falls so quick yeah it seems like they both fall quick though too because it doesn't so he has this uh dream of becoming a famous singer mm-hmm. she's got this dream of just being anywhere but <laughs> she goes i got the this dream of hitching my wagon two yes. doors like, but take I, me the, with the, you. the nice thing is that usually this these type of stories start off with like this is the rich guy meeting the poor girl but they're actually both pretty poor right and so he his parents his dad died when he was like 18 and he yeah. moved from the bronx so he was like right from the bronx and he was, like, getting away from all that. Yeah, so sure. he's he's actually not from Malibu. Yeah, so he moved out there. He was trying to set a new life. He had no kind of certain future by any means, but he had his voice. And yeah. so he would sing to her, and she was kind of like, that's my security for your future. Like, yeah. she just was like, oh, okay, you can do this. Like He didn't have sing. any record labels yet, no. anything. He was just so good that she believed that he could make it. Mm-hmm. So they kind of go on to date. She introduces him to her parents, who her parents were kind of like, well, her dad actually was Seemed very like taken with him. So he went and, like, pulled the dad aside, and they were chatting. And, I mean, it, honestly, I think about I think about friends, like, guy friends in my life growing up that are just so good at the chat, and every single parent mm-hmm. loves him. And I'm like, what the, really, <laughs> why? Like, you could say anything you want, and you have these parents, like, wrapped around your fingers. And that yeah. seemed like the kind of guy he was. But her, June's mom, was a little bit more apprehensive. She was like, he's super handsome. Like, mm-hmm. you should beware. And which I thought was like kind of like a shallow reason mm-hmm. of just like, oh, he's handsome. Watch out. Yeah. But I think she kind of maybe there was more to it of like, yeah, we he talked- seems like a little slippery. A little slippery. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about uh, Sadie and I talked about the fact that this was in the type of time because it started 1956, right, mm-hmm. is when it flashes mm-hmm. back. Yep. A type of time where it was like. People were getting married strictly trying to survive, I feel like. It was kind of more rare for people actually falling in love and getting married, it seems. And so I think this mom was trying to just kind of warn her daughter that it's like maybe saying, like, you shouldn't marry just for the looks Mm -hmm. because right now he doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. Right now he isn't as big as he wants to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, where is the security in that? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what she was trying to say. And then the dad was smooth-talked by him. Yeah. But there was also an ultimatum where he was like, you have two years Mm -hmm. to try to make it big. Mm -hmm. And if you don't make it big, you're going to take over our restaurant. Yep. So that was his ultimatum for when he proposed. So basically between when they start dating and when he proposes – he starts to pick up these little gigs. He starts going and singing places. And he starts getting momentum. He starts actually getting asked places. And then he starts getting asked to go on, like, tours. So mm. he starts kind of getting momentum. He starts getting famous. And so that's when he goes, meets and chats with the parents. And then the dad said they love the conversation. Meanwhile, June is like, I am never working at this restaurant. Like, this is my ticket out of here. Like, I'm having a better life. And so when they come back, um, when Mick and her dad come back from this conversation and he goes, we have an agreement. If he doesn't make it in two years, he'll take over the restaurant. And basically kind of his dad's like, now I know you're safe and secure. You're good to go. I have no like problems, issues with you getting engaged to this guy. And then she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant. She gets pregnant, and they have the baby 
ASAP. So basically they move up the wedding. They get married super fast with just some friends and then some executives for like music industry on his side. So it's very Mm -hmm. small. It's on the beach. They tell the world that it's a premature baby. Yes. Yeah. They pretend it was premature. And then. Which is Nina. Yep. Nina, the oldest daughter. So the supermodel surfer girly. Yes. And so they bring her back to like hit a dream home. He got this three bedroom cottage right over the water on Malibu. It's like perfect. It was everything she ever wanted because when they first started dating, he said, well, what do you what do you want for the future? You know, and I think she surprised him when she's like, I want a husband that loves me and respects Mm -hmm. me. She says, I want a really big house that has two sinks in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like all these things. She's like, I want it over the cliff. I want to be in Malibu. Like she had all these things. And so the day she gets done giving birth to Nina, I believe it was either her giving birth or from their wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, And he brings her to this house that she had no idea that he had bought. It was like right after she gave birth. Yeah. Brings her home to a brand new home. And it ha- she goes in, and the biggest part is the fact that it had two sinks. It was, like, the thing that she always dreamed of as a child is having two sinks because to her it meant that she made it, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they start living this life together. They're they're raising Mina, and then, well, then he gets on the road. Mm-hmm. So this is when the, all these chapters – so, like, I think the main – for the first – like half or 75% of this book, the big storyline is Mick and June. But then it keeps flashing back between the siblings. Mm. And so at this point, kind of this, you're learning about how their parents met, but then also you're at the same time being like, well, the parents are not around. So in the present day, when you're reading about Nina, all their siblings prepping for this massive party that they host every year, They're, the parents are nowhere yeah. around. So you're kind of like interesting. Something clearly big happened. So with the siblings, they're like prepping for this party and you're kind of learning more about them. And you're learning that Nina was married and she just got left by her yes. husband. Divorced. Divorced babes. Divorced like, babes. Literally, she got absolutely blindsided. Her husband is like this famous tennis player and she he fell for his... Tennis mate, another girl yeah, there. Yeah, another pro tennis yeah, no player. Yeah, pro, another pro tennis Which, also, her name is Carrie Soto. Yes. And Taylor Jenkins Reid's next book is called Carrie Soto is Back. So I was like, wow, she's really she's really world building. So yeah. we might have to read that book at some Seriously, point. Seriously, because we don't like Carrie Soto, but we no. do want to know what well, happened. at the end, we kind of we thought she was better at the end. At the very end, do we remember? When she rolls up. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll but basically, that. yeah. So the book is like flipping back and forth. And so you find out, okay, they're prepping for this huge party that they host every year. And Nina's like freaking out because she's like, well, every single famous person that's showing up tonight is because the news of her uh, her um, being left just dropped. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically this – so it starts off – every time we go back and forth between uh, – the story of their parents and then the kids. We we find out that yeah, they all live separate now, but they all grew up in this home that Mick bought June. Mm-hmm. And the only people who are still living there is Hud and Jay, the two brothers. Um, I'm sorry, no, Jay and Kit, mm-hmm. the brother and sister. And Hud likes to live in his car. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but he's he's, <laughs> he's a, like an airstream guy. He's a photographer. He's yeah. a dreamer. He loves it. He lo- he loves living in his car. And Nina is in this new big fancy house right off the side of the coast. That her husband Brandon had bought her, and then so that yeah, the, the the news of their divorce just dropped. He had come home one night, packed everything, and it was she was like, "Hi, honey, like how are you doing?" And basically, he was just like, "I'm sorry, I can't do this. I'm leaving you." Mm-hmm. And this party started when they were eight. I believe it was when Nina turned twenty one. They had money for the first time ever, and she's like, "We should throw a party." So that's mm-hmm. kind of where this party comes mm-hmm. from. Yeah. So you're finding out about the siblings, and then it kind of flashes over to. Um, her younger brother Jay and Jay's just gone through this really hard breakup, but he's like flirting with this other girl now. Mm-hmm. So he, you kind of get the sense, okay, so Jay's gone through a breakup. He's trying to fall. He's trying to like rebound. He's trying to like get over his own yeah. things that he's dealing with. You also find out that he has because he's the actual famous surfer. Yes, he is like he's pro. He's, he's won yep. so many medals, mm-hmm. all these things. And you find out that he he just found out that he is a heart condition. Mm. 
that's basically the doctors told him you cannot surf anymore. Yeah. Like you should not be surfing anymore. So you go, okay, so Nina's dealing with her, you know, divorce and her relationship ending unexpectedly and all this stuff. Jay is dealing with a heartbreak and finding out that his heart is actually breaking. Yeah. And then you find <laughs> What a segue. And then you find out that HUD, the younger brother, so HUD and Jay are like besties. So Jay is They're like twins. The, yeah. Well, we not really. They're six months we apart. Find out. But they are technically they're like they are the closest of the siblings, probably. Mm-hmm. Jay's a photographer, or Jay's the surfer, and then HUD made his living and made his fame by being a photographer of Jay. Yeah. So he is a surfer photographer. He goes out in the water and he does all these amazing shots of him. But HUD has kind of always been like, doesn't fit with the rest of them. You'll find out why. But he basically, <laughs> you find out that the, this is how you get introduced to his character is that he is in a full blown relationship with Jay's ex. So the woman that Jay is like trying to get over mm-hmm. you find out in the next chapter that he is boinking. He is boinking He's boinking Ashley. her. He's going. He's but not only Ashley. is he boinking oh, no. Ashley, he's also loving her. Okay. Okay, let's talk about that. It's true. It's a relationship. It's like a very like. They are they're in love. love. They're in love. They're not just boinking. They're in love. Um, it started off as just boinking. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay, wait. Let's get into this for a second. So Jay, Jay and Ashley. Jay gets dumped by Ashley. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they introduce us because Nina's sitting there having a really hard time with the fact that her husband just left her. Rightfully so, right? And Jay is talking a big talk with his sister Kit and being like, "I don't understand why she's that mad. Like, who cares? People get left. She'll be fine." And Kit's like, um, "Let's not forget, you just got." <laughs> she's like, "Calling kettle black." Like, Seriously, <laughs> she was like, "You were just so heartbroken yes. over our girlfriend, right?" And and so that's how we kind of get introduced to Ashley. And apparently six, it's like her and HUD have been doing this for like six months. So it was not even like there was maybe a tiny week over like, no, it's six months. Yeah. That he was going behind. Cheating. Yes. Behind mm-hmm. Jay's back because they were, they were both in town and he was, he was doing something with his friends, HUD. And then she was doing something with her friends and they were like just saying hi to each other because she was already dating Jay at this point. So he was just saying hi to his brother's girlfriend. Next thing you know, they're chatting, talking it up, looking underneath the stars. Next thing you know, there's somewhere with their clothes off. And <laughs> you know, the book actually makes it seem that quick that I'm like, wait a second. Well, they said they were like, they went, they were like at these shops and they were trying on fun clothes and then they went and got beers and then they got more beers. And then, so I think it's like, they also got drunk. Yes. Which is a very naughty thing to do with your brother's girlfriend like you don't go and just get a bunch of beers Amen. and get drunk like I'm I mean sorry. you don't do that at all I'm sorry no. if you are dating somebody just have the decency of, and the respect to not go do that with the opposite sex yeah. or with the same sex whatever yeah. but also adding alcohol to that situation makes everything Goodbye. messy and you know messy. what trailed me ma'am is while they're doing this okay she's acting like she's so in love with Jay but there's this one liner that gets put in there that killed me while they were about to do it. You know what her famous one line was? No, I can't remember. She goes, I always wanted you more. Ew. Meaning this whole time, if she was telling the truth, which it turns out she does love HUD, okay? She loves HUD. She does love HUD. This whole time she with Jay, she's like, I don't really make, it doesn't make sense why I'm with Jay. We, We don't match up. She's like, I've secretly been wanting HUD this whole time. Ma'am, you cannot That's have That's so gross also. It, but HUD takes it as like, oh my gosh, she's wanted me the whole time. I would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You've been literally with my brother the whole time being like, I would rather be with you, but you were with him. That's so gross. Yeah. I'm but, sorry. It, but it's also no offense to all our men listeners. Sorry, yeah. But I feel like if you're a man, you also know sometimes men and women, okay, can okay. be snakes. Yep. Okay. So for him, he was probably like, oh, that's so hot. She just, wanted me more than Jay, the pro which of surfer. Of course, like your ego, your ego is yes. like, oh, I'm. She picked me, but I'm like in my mind, I'd be like, if I literally was, I'm envisioning this right now. Mm. Someone literally had been dating my sister for half a year, and then they come on to me and they're like, no, I really wanted you the whole time. I'd be like, ew. Then why were you with her? Mm-hmm. That's so ucky to me. That yeah. like, why would you be like secretly with her, but like looking at me for six months? And I'm being not like, your sloppy seconds. Ooh. No, honestly, so gross. So anyway, so you <laughs> find out, <laughs> and, then, and then what's going on with Kit is honestly not that much. She's yeah. just, I think those three siblings. That's kind of the setting that you find out they're really dealing with some stuff. So Hud's like, oh my gosh, I gotta tell Jay. Jay's like trying to get over this heartbreak, trying to figure out what he's going to do about his whole career now that he knows his heart is in bad shape. Mm-hmm. And then Nina is dealing with, oh my gosh, I'm hosting this huge party. Everyone just found out I've been 
divorce or get been left left by my husband. Like, this is horrible. So they're all dealing with that. And Kit, the youngest sibling, is kind of just dealing with, like, always the feeling of no one ever takes her seriously. Yeah. She wants to be a good surfer, too. She is a great surfer, but no one ever really takes her seriously because of the fame of all of her siblings. So we're not really going to get into Kate's storyline because, yeah. honestly, it's such a subplot. It we is. don't even really get into it. But then it flashes back mm. to Mick and June. So right now they have Nina. She gets um, pregnant Again, with Not another Nina, baby. Though, June. Yeah, June. <laughs> She's like, we have Nina and she is pregnant. She is pregnant. No, literally, June gets pregnant again. And so this is when you start to see cracks in their marriage of, mm. okay, maybe this lifestyle is not going to work out for them because Mick is on the road. She's like, you need to be here for the birth. And mm. he goes, I will, of course. Like, because he chose tour dates yeah. specifically for the time that she was going to go into labor. And they fought about it. Because yep. she's like, why are you leaving when I'm going into labor? Right. And she's like, okay, you can do this. But the second I call, that was their agree- mm-hmm. agreement, you better be back here for this you labor. You just leave. The second I call, you leave. He goes, yeah. great, I will do it. She calls. Um, spoiler, he doesn't He doesn't leave. So he does his show. Mm-hmm. He shows up like a day and a half later yeah. after she's given birth to their son. And so you start to kind of see the cracks in their marriage. Well, it says, it was late December 1959, just a few days after Christmas. And she goes, the house smelled like lemon and sage. This is about June. She was wearing a red striped home house dress and had curled the ends of her hair into a perfect bob as she did every day. She never let her husband come home to a woman with her hair out of place. And then she said, sometime after four in the afternoon, the doorbell rang. June had no idea that in 10 seconds it took for her to make her way from the kitchen into the entryway. She was experiencing her very last moment of naivety. Mm. So basically, this is a moment where you find out Mick has been unfaithful and been cheating on the road. Mm. Because a woman opens the door. Her name is Carol Hudson, and she's got a tiny baby and just says, I can't keep him. Hands him over and says, if it was a girl, maybe, which also, what the, that's crazy. If it was a girl, maybe, but a boy should be with his father. He should be with Mick. And then she hands him a birth certificate to prove Mick is the father. And Lynn leaves. 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 That's So that's how June finds out. Because she had had thoughts. She had had ideas. You get the cracks in her marriage already where, like, he is choosing his kind of fame over her. And in his brain, he's kind of rationalizing it like, I'm doing this to set us up for our future. I'm doing this for... You know, I'm, I have to be on the road. If I go to this show, these people are going to be there. They're going to see me. Mm. They're going to get sign me for these. But he's basically, you just see that he's not prioritizing the family. Yeah. And then you find out he's been sleeping with women on the road. Women. Women. Many, many women. Um, and so he basically, that's, this baby is HUD. Yes. She names him Hudson, mm-hmm. but they call him HUD, which is funny because her last name is Hudson. Hudson. So you think she wouldn't want any kind of trace to her, but yeah, seriously. And she hands over this baby, which this is a really big deal because she had just had Jay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jay is like maybe like six weeks. They're like close in age. Mm-hmm. So super, super, super close. Basically newborns, and so now she just gets handed this baby, and to you know, y'all. If this was me, like, she first she felt furious. She felt furious. But mm-hmm. this woman literally left. She just yeah. drove away. Like, what are you going to do with this baby, right? And so she looks down at this baby, and June is such a loving woman mm-hmm. that she can't help but look at this baby and being like, she saw the fear in this child's eyes. She felt like this child could tell that he had not been loved right yet, that he has been abandoned, his needs have not been met, which is a real thing that happens in today's thing. She looks at She looks at him, and she goes, you know, I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to mm-hmm. choose to love you. But she did not make the decision yet to no. still choose to love men. No. So she tries to get a locksmith. She's like, I want to change all the locks. I want to get him out. And the locksmith is like, you can't do that. If yeah. it's your husband, you can't do that. Which I was like, this day and age is crazy. Yeah. Like that time period, it was so, it was very sexist. And it was yeah. just like, she's explained the situation she in. The guy's like, nope, it's got to be. Your husband. Yeah. she's. He's like, I need to speak to the owner of the house. She's, she's, she's like, like I am the owner of the house. And he's like, um, if you're married, no, you're not. And so basically, Mick comes home. She tells him. She doesn't let him in. And she's telling him, like, I know. He starts losing it, crying, sobbing. And then it kind of flashes back into all the women that he's basically been unfaithful with. Because he's like, on the road, all these women are flocking to him. He can't help it. He's tried. He's pushed them back. All this stuff. Yada, yada. And then he just basically can't help it anymore. You know what I got to say about that? Tell me. 
y'all, I believe in temptation and I know temptation is real. Right. Okay. And so I do understand this part. If something keeps happening over and over again, because he said that he said no to it like at least a thousand mm-hmm. times. I do agree with the logic where he was like in his head, he's like, one of these times, if I'm not careful, I'm going to say yes. Right. Because people were pushing the boundaries. Right. You're human. I think this could happen to anybody. It's happened to a lot of people. But if you have an inkling that this is getting too hard for you, the temptation is getting too big, you're not as strong as you thought you were, okay, well, then maybe you shouldn't let women back to say hello to you. Or also, I think a huge, huge, huge thing is tell your wife what's going on. Yes. Say, hey, this is what's going on. All these women are flocking up to me. I have not been unfaithful to you. All these women are saying this. I have not... But this is what's going on, and I need to, we need to figure something out. Yeah. Either you come with me on the road, mm. or I'm going to have all these, like, people in my security team or whatever, not let women back, or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, if you tell it, it, me it takes the power out of it. Yes. So tell them. But you knew he obviously wanted that, right. which is how temptation works. Right, of course. You know, and so for me, the problem isn't that he was tempted. For me, the problem is that he acted upon it even when he was aware right. that it could happen. He right. was like, one of these days, I'm not going to be strong enough. <laughs> I was like, well, then you should get some help, sir. That's when you do something about it. That's what, that's when your logical brain, yes, you just said the right thing. If I'm not careful, something will happen. Yes. Boom. That's when you go do something about it. That is yeah. your mind telling you, go do something about this right now. But now he uses it as an excuse. Like, yep. what do you expect? I'm a big singer. These, yep. You know? Wow. Yeah. So basically, it is horrible. June is so hurt. She isn't letting him in. And eventually, he starts getting super loud outside. And he's, like, wailing. So she lets him in so that he can hush. Because basically, all the kids are sleeping. Yeah. So he wants her. She wants she to be quiet. woke them up. Yeah. And this is where I am like, Junie, girl, you were doing so good because yeah. she lets him back into her but bed. But you want to know why? Okay, the main reason she opens that door is because he's a manipulator from the he start. Is. He's, I mean, he's always been a smooth talker. He's a smooth talker, but he's literally outside thinking, how can I let her back, let me back into the house? Mm-hmm. And she, she, he knows now that he, that she has HUD. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, he's like, oh, that's my ticket in. He mm-hmm. goes, um, honey, HUD is my baby, not yeah. yours. So if you want to keep HUD, you have to keep me. Right. I'm the father. Right. So slimy, sneaky, disgusting. Also, it's just like not true. But also in her brain, she's in the most heightened state of like stress yeah. and anxious. She's, so when he's saying these things that sound like logical to her or, mm-hmm. or lo- logical, she's just going, oh, my gosh, you're right. Like, yeah. I can't keep him against his will. Like, yeah. this is not my baby. I don't have any right over this baby, yeah. whatever. But yeah, so basically it's really sad. June takes him back. She and Mick tries to make it all better. He tries to just kind of say, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do all these things again. And then he starts going back on the road. Yep. So basically in their story, unfortunately, you kind of just see this constant of her taking him back. I don't think because... Well, number one, she didn't des- she didn't know she deserved better. Yeah. But number two, she didn't know what else to do because she's taking care of these four children and she has no- she's got nothing. Right. Mick is all she's got and he's got all the money and all these things. And he was playing child support, right? And then he just kind of quits out of nowhere. So their story is, unfortunately, it starts off with true love and then greed takes over mm-hmm. his heart. And then he recognizes that because the father he had, he doesn't believe that he can be a good mm-hmm. father. And so he just leaves. Yeah. He has a moment where when he comes back, um, he leaves for a while. They get divorced. Mm-hmm. And then he has a moment. It, Nina's like six or seven. Yeah, she's like five, six, something and like that. And for whatever reason, do you remember why he decides to come back? Yes. So he meets this woman on the just another woman, mm-hmm. okay? And he recognizes that she's just not what he wants. He misses mm-hmm. he misses the warmth of June. He, he misses recognizes, the closeness, the yep. care. Yep. Because she was such a kind woman. And these people that he are meeting on the road, they don't really care about him. They care about the fame and all this stuff. And so he kind of has this uh, awakening where he's like, I miss June. I miss my family, which he would have throughout this book. Right. You know, and so he came home and he's just like, I'm so sorry, but like, will you marry me again? I'll prove to you yeah. that I can be a family man. Yeah. So he basically... After they have been divorced, after he's been away, run around doing whatever. For like years. Years. It was like five years. Yeah, it's like five or six years. He comes back, tries to recommit. I'm going to be the husband. I'm going to be the father they need, all this stuff. And so at this point, you see, you kind of see Nina really start to take on her character as like being the caretaker, being like, she's so suspicious of her father, as she should be. She's so suspicious of him being back. And so you see, though, as like, he's what, around for maybe a year? Yeah, a year or two. Yeah, a year. Not long at all. And so she 
finally starts to trust him again. So he's like always making them breakfast, taking them to the beach, doing all these things, coming trying to home just, after work, yes, coming home, like all these things. And they're happy again for the first time forever. She finally trusts her dad again. And then literally, what was the line? It was so heartbreaking. It was just like, when oh, he, he like, in. yeah, he like, she like finally gets, she finally like, he would take her out every single morning to fly a kite, whether she was, whether he was exhausted or whatever. And it was like in these moments that she felt like he gave her a big hug. And she's like, this was when I knew that he would never leave me mm-hmm. again. And the next thing. It's like, it's literally like. Met a woman it, named Sherry. It only took three months or something for him to meet a woman back on the road. Something. Yes. It was and just he never crazy came back and again. He, and he never came back again. And so basically you just kind of find out. Okay, so now Junie's been left with her four kids and he's really not coming back. This is a second heartbreak, second divorce by the same man. He's never coming back. Yeah. And so you kind of, this is where the story just gets so heartbreaking of June's pride. She doesn't want to ask for help. She doesn't want to force him to do child support and pay. So they start getting in a financial situation. So she starts working at her parents' restaurant again. She takes over it. She starts working there. And that becomes her life. She starts working over it. And so because she's so upset that this is the situation she's in, she's like, I cannot believe this is my life. This is everything I didn't want to happen. And so she starts drinking. And mm-hmm. she starts drinking a lot. And so Nina starts to notice this. The kids start to notice this. They start realizing, okay, mom acts different after this time. We don't want people over after this time. And it's really, really sad because you met June when she was, like, young and full of, like, dreams and hopes. And, and their relationships start out so beautifully. But um, I guess, I guess yeah, I'm, like, it makes me think about, I wonder, the signs, you know, quote, unquote, of, yeah. like, how do you know before you make a decision like that of what kind of character they're going to be. And I guess they also, they didn't, they weren't around each other that long. Yeah. And they just were swept away. Yeah. So, anyway, it makes me think about that. But, so, basically, her just life goes really dark she starts drinking a lot she doesn't have a lot of money and still trying to take care of these four kids Mm -hmm. because after mick came back that's when kit was born yeah Catherine or whatever but they call her kit and so like and he never even got the chance to get to know her because he left shortly after that and so it's like what's crazy though is that even through all of this uh, even when she first starts like really drinking and stuff, she's still a really good mom. Right. And so the kids didn't see a really big problem with it because they don't they didn't know what alcoholism was. Right. They just thought it was normal because the fact that she could still get them ready for school, mm-hmm. still put food on the table, still was able to buy them surfboards, which they love to do, you know, at Christmas time. Like they never really saw, I think, the true struggle of what June was going through by herself. Until she starts like burning the food yeah. and then the house is like in smoke and mm-hmm. she's not getting up she starts falling asleep at the table like there's a slow progression of like they start realizing things and then finally kit realizes it when there's like a it was like a commercial or a tv show yeah. or something on and he said well you're a drunk like mm-hmm. you're an alcoholic and she like went off and she goes oh my gosh that's my mom and so what's really sad is there was one day where they're all there was a weekend they're all having a sleepover and nina is like i don't want to leave you mom like i don't want to leave you by yourself and she's like what are you talking about like i'm the mother you go have fun. Yeah. You guys go enjoy. Because they're all like, they're like 17. Yeah, 17, at this point. 15, 13, and like 12. Yeah. And so she's like, no, go have fun. This will finally be a night to myself. Get out of here. Yeah. And you can kind of sense that the chapter is like kind of foreboding. It's a little bit like mm-hmm. ominous. And so she leaves and Jeannie starts drinking and she starts reflecting on her life and she's drinking more and more. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go take a bath and I'm just going to calm down, take a bath. And the next morning, Nina comes back and finds her mom in the tub, and she had drowned. She She died. It's really heartbreaking. It was really horrible. And so from then on, Nina becomes the caretaker. Nina is like, I'm going to make sure that these siblings have someone present in their life. They have someone that is consistent in their life. And so she just full on big girl steps it up, Mm. moms the crap out of them. And she's like, I will make sure that they get through to everything that they want to get through. And so she's, like, working at the restaurant. She's making sure that their homework's done. She is, like, just – she's paying the bills. She's calling, like, the – everybody. She's just making everything happen. Yeah. Um, barely, but she's getting by. Barely. And so finally when this one person – when she's at the beach and she's surfing, this guy comes by and he sees her 
Um, and he he's like a modeling or he's like he's a like agent. talent agent, yeah. a scout. And he basically said, "Hey, you should do this. You're great. You're great on the board. You're pretty. You should do this." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You should get paid to be doing something that you're and good at." And she was like, "Oh my gosh, I could get paid." Mm-hmm. So she goes, "I'm doing this." And so that's how it takes off. That's how her career takes off. She starts modeling. She gets super famous. So their circumstances change. And so that's kind of the situation they're in of like as this party that they've been planning is like coming closer and closer, you start realizing all these things about their life, about like, okay, their dad's never been there. Their mom passed away. Nina's taken over. She's taking care of everything. And so this party happens. Mm. And now it's wild. Yes. So this party started off, like we said a little bit before, she ran into some money, right? And so it was for the first time she was able to look at her balance book from the bank and she didn't owe any money. She didn't have any outstanding like loans or anything like that. She was like, wow, we are officially out of the red for the first time mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so she looks at the kids and says something that she's never said before. She's like, we should throw a party. Yeah. And the party, the rules are, if you know about the party, you get to come to the party. Yeah. So they never sent out invitations before. Yeah. And so, but it's gotten, since they all kind of came into this fame, number one, their dad's a big singer, so that just kind of helped but then she's this model we got surfers we got photographers all these things Mm -hmm. they have a lot of celebrities who just find out where the address is and they come Mm -hmm. and so now it's so big that every year it's like everyone is expecting so she even though she's going through this heartbreak nina Right, she didn't couldn't even cancel even if she wanted to because everybody, everybody knows, knows about there's this party. no way they can cancel it. They can't re- like take back invitations. They can't put it anywhere. It's just it's, it's yeah, just happen. It's the party of the century. It's the party of the century. So basically, all these storylines are coming to a head at this party, right? Mm-hmm. And so basically. HUD's wanting to, at this party, HUD is wanting to tell Jay about how he is dating Ashley. How he's in love. He's like, I, we want to be together. We want to be together. Jay's trying to get his other new lover to the party because he's trying to get over Ashley. Kit is on this mission of trying to kiss a boy for the first time and become a woman. <laughs> Nina's like, I'm just going to try to get through this thing. I'm trying to. <laughs> Nina's like, I just need to make it through this night. But then. You read a chapter mm. that says Mick is driving to the party. And you yes. go, what the heck? And I guess every year for like five years or something, when Kit has finally tracked down her dad, she has always sent him an invitation. Yes, she, the he's the only, only invitation that has ever gone out. I can't believe she did that. Can I be honest? Because she's like, well, she's like a young kid. Like, I want my dad. Like, she's like, maybe we can. But I think that was before she kind of grew up a little bit. And I yeah. think she was like, why did I send this? Basically, so you find out, oh, my gosh, all these things are happening. Everyone's headed to this party. It's going to get crazy. And it does. It gets um, crazy. It gets wild. So the alcohol, the drugs, everything, this party just starts to rage and go absolutely berserk. And literally, so how Jade's, or Jay's story starts happening is basically he and his girl that he's trying to get over Ashley, his ex with, they go into HUD's car. They're like, let's go find a quiet space. Let's get it on. Let's get in there. He goes in there, and I don't even know what he's looking for. He was looking for something. And he was he, looking for a condom. Oh, yeah. He was looking for a condom. He opens up the glove box, and he... he like we said, HUD is a photographer. He's a photographer. So let us just say he took some pictures of Ashley and him. Very incriminating photos that were very explicit. And so Jay is literally with this girl he's trying to get it on with. And he is looking at a picture of his brother and his ex. Doing the deed. Doing the deed. Doing the nasty. And his brain just like short circuits. It. <laughs> he just is like, what just happened? Because he had no idea. No clue. And so he's like, I'm going to go freaking find my brother. Mm-hmm. So he starts popping off. At this time, Nina, she had a friend that showed up. And her friend is kind of like the catalyst for Nina kind of getting her voice back. Mm -hmm. She is like, you, because basically she's like, you're fine on your own. You do not need Brandon, her ex that left her, the pro But then came back. Yeah. He, he, I don't even want to talk about him. I'm honestly so annoyed about that. (laughs) It's like a two second blip. And it's so annoying. I think it is to set up the next book though. Yes. So basically Brandon, who was, he's a pro tennis player, right? He leaves her for another woman. One day wakes up, which reminds me a lot like Mick. Okay. One day wakes (laughs) up and is like, I don't know who I'm with right now, but it's not who I meant to be with. I need to go back to Nina. She's sweet. She's everything I ever wanted. How could I pick somebody so awful over her? Goes back to his house technically 
because he bought it for her and goes in there in front of everyone's like, I love you. I want to take you back. Everyone's chanting, take him back, take him back. So she does. And then her friend comes in, who's a, a another model and is just basically looking at her and be like, what the crap are you doing? Yes. And so she's kind of just speaking some life into Nina and just being like, no, you do not need him. Mm-hmm. You have taken care of all your siblings all your life. You're come good. On. Like, come on. Like, just get it together. You're fine. So Nina's kind of like getting fired up. She's mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, you know what? I don't need him. And I have. she's having all these realizations. At the same time, Mick is driving down. He's like, I should be back in my family's life. This pisses me off so much. I'm sorry. I'm so annoyed at him. Because I'm like, <laughs> you literally have been gone for, at this point, like 25 20, years. Five years. On and off. Okay, at this well, point, like consecutively. 20 years, like 20 years, yeah. probably. 20 years. You've been gone 20 years. And you're literally like, this is a day. I want to be a dad again. I want to Which be Which is crazy, again. guys, because this whole time he has been alive, right? June passed oh. away. But this whole entire time, Mick has been alive, still successful, still one of the biggest singers, like, in the country, maybe the world. Everybody knows who he is besides his children. He never sent them a birthday card. He never came to the, his Junie's funeral. He was, like, not mm. present. And so the, I just was so fresh. I'm like, you are so naive and stupid. Like, mm. honestly, I mean... Par for the course for you. Like, it's like yeah. how you've been your whole t- life. But so he's driving to this party and he's like, I'm going to be a man and a family man again. And so basically they all what happens is Jay and HUD have an altercation. So is it Jay walks up to HUD? It's like, I know what you're Well, doing. yeah. So wait, before before that, before you talk about the altercation, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> basically HUD's down on the, Jay's walking around trying to find HUD and he doesn't know. And then he looks down at the beach and he sees HUD and he also sees that he's with Ashley. So he's super PO'd at this point. Yep. But meanwhile, what he doesn't know is down on the beach, Ashley is telling HUD that she's pregnant. Because he God. was like, I messed up. I, I Instead of telling Jay about you, Ashley, I accidentally just asked him if he would care if I dated you. And, and he, he said no. <laughs> he said, yes. I do care. Do not date her. Jay said no. And then Ashley's like, well, I'm wow. pregnant. Yeah. Well, you better tell him because I'm having your baby. Yes. And so then Jay and Hud have an altercation. So basically they just get into it. I can't even remember how it starts, but they just... Jay's like, I know what you've been doing. I can't mm-hmm. believe you do this to me. So they start fighting. They start duking it out. They're using fists and they're just going for it. And literally Nina walks down, kids out there, and then freaking Mick walks in. He and breaks he up the fight. he sees his boys fighting. And he's like, sons, you should stop. I was like, you are so stupid. So he's like, like grabs them both. Yes. And he's like, why are my sons fighting? And everyone's like, who are you and what? What like? Well, no, because they all knew who he I was. Know, like, who do you think you are? Yeah, they were like, they were. I think all the children like stood there shocked. They're like, "What the heck? Yes. Why is he here?" So this is my only frustration with the book is like the way that kind of we're talking so quickly about how it's ending is because that's how the book reads. Yes, it's all this beautiful build up, all this great storyline, all this, and then. It just kind of really, 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 really <laughs> quickly ends. And so basically they just go down. They have this huge like heart to heart kind of conversation where he's like, I want to be in your life again. They're all like, what the crap? No, you don't. Mm. And Nina has this beautiful moment where Nick Mick was just kind of like, I wasn't capable. I, I was never capable to be a parent. I was never capable to be a dad. But now I can be in your lives, but I was never able to parent i was never capable to parent you and she pops off about the word capable it was like the best moment of the book where she's like do you think my mom felt capable do you think she felt capable to raise four of us on her own do you think she felt capable to make the money for this family do you think she and then when my mom died do you think i felt capable Mm. do you think i felt capable at 18 to take care of my she just goes off lays in him and i think it was a good moment for her siblings too to kind of hear Yes. She never necessarily wanted that role of caregiver and caretaker, but she did it. And so basically Mick just keeps trying to be like, you should be glad that your dad's here and you should be, everyone should want their dad in their life. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, you're crazy. And Kit kind of has the realization. She's like, I'm glad I invited you because I'm realizing, no, I do not want you in my life, yeah. basically. So all the siblings are like, no, dad, it's too soon. This is crazy. Like, you can't just walk back in here and try to be a part of our lives. Um, and then he was like, oh my gosh, wait a second. Then he literally, like, while he's having this heart-to-heart or whatever, he's, like, he he's just being, like, he's, like, the fact, okay. <laughs> Basically, he's just saying all this bull crap, being, like, well, I'm your father, so no matter what I've done, like, you should still want me in your life. Yeah. Because now that I don't have anybody, 
I now Ugh. want my house to be filled with my family and this and that. And then this girl just walks down the stairs, which we just forgot to mention We just earlier. forgot because honestly, it's such a tiny... Again, tiny. I feel like at the very end of this book, they throw in so many little subplots that don't really build up to the... Anyway, yeah. but... She comes down and um, every, she accidentally falls and everyone is like, who the heck is this girl besides Nina? Because Nina already met her. And Nina rushes to her side. And the fact that the siblings could see how much Nina cares for this girl already, they all have this inkling of like who she might be. And she comes down. She's like, hi, um, my name's Casey. And I think like you're my father to yeah. Mick. So then they like it makes it even bigger to all these other kids that they're like they never even thought about the fact how they might not be the only ones yes. that are mixed children out in the world. Because even HUD, HUD especially was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not, I'm from another woman, like yeah. my dad, another woman. I'm not from June. Maybe there's more. And they all had this, yeah, exactly what you're saying. They all had this shocking realization of like, there could be so many of us. Yeah. And they're like, how many people are you not a father to? And I think that was like the last straw for yeah. them to really be like, you know what? I'm sorry, Dad, but you're too late. I need you to get out of here. Yeah, you're alone because you chose that yes. for all of your life. So basically, they kind of all... It's just, it's like... It's kind of a disappointing ending almost because it just felt like so much buildup for such like a yeah obvious like... Answer. Yeah, because you're kind of like, wait, you brought Mick back just for him to be like, I want to be your dad again. And yeah. every, of course they're going to say no. But anyway, so they say no and he leave, everyone's kind of leaving. The party gets broken up by the police. H- Jay and HUD make up because yeah. they're just like, we're going to be fine, which is like super annoying that that's how it ended. I was like, really? Because like, HUD never even got to tell anybody that he's having a baby either. No. So then Nina also is there. Kit has this realization. She's like, we need to give Nina a break. Nina needs to go and do her dream life, all this stuff. So the party ends. The cops break it up. Everyone leaves. Everyone's. Wait, by the way, at this part, just real quick, just so you know, after everybody down on the beach, everyone's everyone meaning just like the immediate family that we've been talking about down there trying to have a heart to heart. Meanwhile, up at the freaking party, you got a guy with a gun shooting it off. You got people passing out cocaine. You got people like doing the deed out it, like public public. Y'all, this was hell. OK, it, it was, was hell on earth. <laughs> it was literally absolutely psycho. Like, Literally, people were peeing on like famous paintings. Like, I don't know what was going on, but oh yeah, everyone was high. Yeah, they were high. So you're like, they I don't know what was happening. Yeah, like they were literally on drugs. Literally high, literally drugs. And little did Nina know this, okay? Because she's down on the beach. The police come, break it up, and they arrest thirteen people yeah. from this party. And Nina has no idea. She just comes back up and she's like, "Oh, the party's over. Everybody yeah. left. Everyone's gone." Literally, so crazy. Oh, it's man. literally all these people start leaving, so everyone starts driving away. Nina, Hud, Jay. Nina's like, I'm going on this vacation. I'm going on this trip to Portugal. Like, I'm going to... So they just kind of all leave. And then the way that it all full circles about Malibu freaking rising. Oh. The fires. The fire. Is... Guess who lights a little cigarette and flicks it into the grass and walks away? Guess who? Of all the people. It's so poetic, honestly, in full circle. Mick. Mick, Mick lights freaking a freaking river. fire and ruins and burns down their life like he did their whole he life. He burnt down the whole house. By accident, of course. But. Yes. He didn't mean to. So he's having a cigarette. He literally, it says like he like brushes it out and then just puts it in like, just throws it off to the side. And before this fire can even start, Nina's decided to move to Portugal. Hud and Jay make up. That's so they it, drive the away. Oh, is like quick, very, it's just so quick. It's so quick. And then Nina literally is already in Portugal by the time she finds out <laughs> about this fire. She's like, I see it two days later on the American News Channel. We're like, what the? <laughs> They all think Nina's on the run because she didn't tell anybody she went to Portugal besides her family. Like, it just ends so quick. And I was also like, I love the poeticness of just being like, yeah, Mick literally burnt that, burnt that place to the ground. Like, he burnt, like, just like he burnt their life to the ground. Yeah. He could have killed everybody. Literally. So that's how the book ends. Yo, I'm so sorry for that last chaos part. But that's literally <laughs> that's how, how it felt it read. reading that's it. That's how it felt reading it. You felt kind of like, oh my gosh, like, what's happening? This storyline's going on. This story. It's just, but it was. Okay, so I guess that's the book for you. Ladies and gents, <laughs> that's the story. So, Mar, what was your, like, just kind of closing thoughts? What was mm. your, what scene stuck with you most? And what was your favorite slash least favorite? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> um, honestly, my brain's even mixed up. I, I just, know. I, this whole book, like, I, 
Okay, I loved just reading about June and Mick's yes. story in the beginning, and but I just hated how it turned out. I felt so bad about how this mom who wanted to be something big gave it all up so her husband husband could be something big, try to be something big for her kids, and still ends up not living the life that she wanted, even though she was a great mom. And so I loved that part of the book because yeah. it felt so real, like especially in the timeline that it yes, was. Yeah, I could see this happening to so many people. You know, the light, especially with celebrities back then, like, I don't know if you ever watched the Elvis Presley, like, movie, but, like, his life was like that. It was just, like, it was just so very real. And so I loved, like, listening to that, I mean, reading that part. But I think, like, my least favorite all of it is just, like, I don't know. My least favorite part is just how crappy their lives were. But I think it's just a reality that, like, you never know. Even celebrities, right? Because the world looks at them and the world had no idea that this was their life. The world thought Mick was involved with his family. They ain't never see him barely for like two years at a time. And so it just blows my mind that like, I wonder how many other people in the spotlight now that we look at and like, oh, they have everything. But in reality, they came from absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. What would you rate this book? What would you give it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a three out of five. Okay, yeah. Just because of how the ending. Yeah. I did, you're right. I did not like how quick it wrapped up. Yes. No, I feel the same. I think my least favorite part of this book was, yeah, I guess the the last three quarters because I felt like I was so involved, I was so engaged. It's a very good beach read. I mean, it's literally perfect because this it, they focus a lot on the setting, so you really get in the mood of. Being in the beach, being in the summer, it makes mm. you want to be out. It makes you want to yes. go to the beach. It's great. But then the last three quarters of the book, it just feels like everything wraps up so quickly and neatly and just kind of, okay, the book yeah. is done. Like, I feel like it could have, I feel like she kind of got rushed or I don't know. She just, that was like my least favorite part about it. And yeah, yeah I'd give it like a three, three and a half out of five because I really enjoyed reading it. Like I would recommend this to people who just kind of want, if you don't want to turn on a show and you want to enjoy something like read this book like it's a great book it's a yeah. good storyline i think it brings up like a lot of themes and feelings and thoughts and um but ultimately like yeah it was disappointing at the ending because it yeah. just it was like they focus on also we skipped a lot of it because they focus on so many random famous people and the craziness yeah. that they were doing you're like this has literally no it had nothing point. to do with the story it was just showing how crazy the party was getting so yeah, yeah but, but i thought it was interesting i mean i would definitely say i liked the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo more because mm. I feel like the storyline was like consistent through the whole it thing. Was, I feel yeah. like it was interesting the whole, all the way to the end. It was a big mystery. Yes. But I do think I like her writing style a lot and I enjoy mm. it. Like I, it was easy to get caught up in the story. Yeah, it definitely was. We were both saying that we felt like you almost were visualizing it. Like it felt like a movie. Mm -hmm. When you read it, you could actually see. It was easy to happening. picture. Because yes. she was good at describing what everything 100%. looked like as well. Yeah. So I would say it's like it's a easy read. If you yeah. want something fun to read, pick it up. Can I, I ask you one more question? Yeah. Cause just because I like this question that you put. Um, so just to wrap this all up, just because like we, we don't talk about the authors a lot. And if we do, it's just to trash talk them, <laughs> to be honest. I, Not um, our, uh, I know Alyssa Sussman yeah, walks us in. <laughs> I know she does. Okay. But I just, I love this question. If you could ask the author anything, what mm. would it be? I guess I would say... Who do you relate to most of the characters you've created? Because mm. I feel like a lot of people draw on their real life for situations and wow. circumstances. So I would kind of be like, who of all the people you've created, written about, who do you feel like you relate to the most and why? Like what kind of where did that inspiration come from to write them and stuff? Because wow. I think it would tell us a lot more about her because she has an amazing character. She has amazing thoughts, plot lines. I think she loves that like very glamorous time in California in yeah. like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. She loves that kind of like glamour period. So I'm very curious of like why and yeah, if she had a person or if she wrote a character, if she related to a lot, like why yeah. would that be? Wow. That's what I'd ask her. I love it. Yeah. Well, good job, Taylor. We were intrigued. We liked it overall. Mm -hmm. Just get tighten up your endings, okay? Get, <laughs> get it figured out. But yeah, that's it for the podcast today. We hope you guys enjoyed. We hope you are liking the books we're reading. If not, we're sorry. But you should tell us <laughs> what you think we should read then. Put in the comments. Uh, let us know what you want us to read. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.